You're listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente on today's edition. This idea that God makes people sick for a reason is not biblical. And it's one of the biggest reasons that people don't pray for healing. You know, how can I pray to be healed of something when I believe that God is doing this to me? I had someone say that God is disciplining me. I thought, well, okay, I can't pray for you. I guess, Lord, kill him. Whatever it is, you know, do whatever, do, like, what do you do? You know, it's like, you're going to die. All right, it's the will of God. No. Perhaps one of the most dangerous misconceptions or beliefs is that God purposefully makes people ill or suffer injury. Whether it's to get our attention, force us to rest or otherwise, nothing could be further from the truth. Have you ever felt this way towards God? In today's message, Pastor Holland discusses some of the dangers behind this type of thinking and how it distorts our faith. In his study, you'll be reminded that our loving Heavenly Father seeks to heal, restore, and renew, not strike people down with illness. Let's join Pastor Holland in the book of Exodus chapter 14 as he continues his message, The Test of Faith. The second test was the test that occurred at Marah. And we read about this in Exodus 15. God delivers Israel through the Red Sea and brings them into the wilderness of Shur. Are you sure? Yeah, they were there. And in the wilderness of Shur, there's no water. And they came to a place that was known in the area as a place of springs. They was referred to as the springs of Marah. The problem with the springs of Marah is that they were poisonous. It says that they were bitter waters, but what it really means is that they were poisonous. If they drank the water, they would die. So here they are. God is leading them. They come to a a spring, but if they drink the water, they're going to die. And the people then complain against Moses saying, what are we going to drink? Moses goes to God, and God shows Moses a tree. He shows the tree, throws the tree into the water, and the waters are made sweet. And, of course, this is a picture of the work of the cross in the life of the believer. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to our message on Good Friday, where we actually brought this out in greater detail. But in verse 25, we read, So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And then he made a statue and an ordinance for them. And there he, God, tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statues, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. This has been the portion of scripture that I've been meditating on through this uh, pandemic, that as we listen to the voice of God. But what is God activating in their life through this test? What is it that God is bringing into existence that wasn't there before. And what he's activating is their faith in God's ability to lead them into health and not destruction. God is leading them to health and not harm. And what was the supernatural provision that God brought 
to demonstrate this? The sweetening of the water. Making the water sweet, drinkable. Not just drinkable, but sweet, good tasting. You know, God doesn't just get you through. He gets you through in style. He makes the water sweet. And the question that was being answered by God is this. And this is a question that that many believers come to me with as as a pastor. And that is, do you believe that God leads people into danger? Do you believe that God would do something to harm you physically? Do you believe that God would intentionally make you sick? And I see that often. People will say, well, God is doing this to me because he wants me to rest. God is, you know, God is doing this to me because he's got some purpose somewhere and this is just what he's doing. And one of the biggest lies from the enemy that the church has brought, has bought into is that God intentionally does things to hurt people, to make them sick in order to teach them a lesson. Or, and it's presented as the sovereignty of God, that this is the will of God. Well, there is a religion that believes in the absolute will of God and that man has no choice, no say in the matter. It's a teaching known as kismet. It's all the will of Allah. Yep, Islam. Islam believes that. They believe that you, that you have no choice. That, that Allah is sovereign, that Allah decides, and it's all according to Allah's will, and man cannot know or understand the will of Allah. So you just have to go with it. You just have to trust it. But you see, the Bible's different, because God says, come, let us reason together. It's a reasonable faith. It's not an unreasonable faith. It's not something that we can't know. In fact, God says that he reveals his plans to his friends. And Jesus says, I've called you friends. And so God wants us to know his will. God wants us to understand what he's doing and why he's doing. And so this idea that God makes people sick for a reason is not biblical. And it's one of the biggest reasons that people don't pray for healing. You know, how can I pray to be healed of something when I believe that God is doing this to me? I had someone say that God is disciplining me. And I thought, well, okay, I can't pray for you. I guess, Lord, kill him, whatever it is, you know, do whatever, do, like, what do you do? You know, it's like, you're going to die. All right. It's the will of God. No, that's not how we are to pray. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus didn't, you know, people didn't walk up and say, hey, I'm blind. And Jesus didn't look at him and say, Oh, bummer. It looks like God wants to teach you something. No, he healed them of blindness. Why? Because sickness is part of the curse. It's part of the curse of sin and death that was brought into the world through Adam's sin. And it's not God's created intent for you or I. God wants us to be whole. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be complete. In fact, that is the definition of salvation. That's what God desires for us. And so, uh, again, there is a bigger context that God is teaching the nation of Israel. It's not just that, is God going to do something to harm you? But there's a bigger thing. 
And that is the context of healing and wholeness. Not just being healed of sickness, but that God wants us to live a whole, a complete, a healthy life. And that is really the whole idea of being whole and complete in Christ. That's part of our identity in Christ. So how does this wholeness happen? Well, God makes an ordinance, a statue, and he lets us know this is how you live in wholeness, by diligently heeding the voice of the Lord, by listening, carefully listening, and not just listening to God's leading in your life, but doing what he tells you to do. Part of, as we have gone through this stay-at-home order and all these things that we're being asked to do. Um, you know, on one hand, there's people saying we, we want our constitutional liberties. But as I've listened to the voice of the Spirit, as I've watched where we are in the Scriptures and how God dealt with the nation of Israel as they were surrounded by death in the world, God had them all at home. And while there was darkness in the world, there was supernatural light in every Israeli home. And I look at that as a model and God's saying, hey, this is what I want you to do. Yeah, there is death all around you. Yeah, there's darkness in the world. But I'm, I'm going to protect you through this. And so listen to what I tell you to do. Be led by the Spirit. And none of these diseases will be put upon you. And that's what we've done. The second thing he says there is do what is right in his sight. You know, Micah 6, 8 says, He has shown thee, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So do what is right. Do justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly before God. Listen and obey the commandments. What are commandments? Commandments are God's personal instructions to us. You know, there are laws. Laws are written down. And then there are commandments. Commandments are verbal. They're relational. You know, my wife will come to me and say, hey, can you take care of this? And I'll say, yes. Well, that's a commandment. You know, she does, she's not ordering to me to do it, but we have a relationship. And so she asks me to do it. And sometimes she'll tell me, hey, I need you to do this for me. And of course, I want to do that because I love her. And I want to, you know, and she says, if you love me, keep my commandments, you know. Uh, but that's the way it is with God. God speaks to us. He speaks to us through his word. As he speaks to us personally. And there's things that God will ask me to do that maybe he doesn't ask you to do things that he tells me not to do that you're fine doing things that he tells you not to do that I'm fine doing and so but we are to obey those personal instructions to us and it says to keep all his statues his written word the things that are in his word and when you do that God says that he will put none of the diseases of the Egyptians on you for I am the Lord who heals you. What is he saying here? I am the path to wholeness. And so he gives us the path to wholeness and he gives us the promise of staying on the path. If you do this, I will lead you to healthiness. But it's up to you and I to choose to walk that path. One of the interesting things, side notes, is that this disease 
primarily, this coronavirus primarily attacks those with underlying health conditions. And those underlying health conditions are often because of the choices made in a person's life that weakens them. Worship Life Radio with Holland Davis will continue right after this. Hi, this is Holland Davis, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Clemente. And I just want to take a moment and invite you to come and visit us at one of our Sunday morning services or to our midweek Bible study. Calvary Chapel San Clemente is a Jesus people community right here in the city of San Clemente, California. You know, we identify with our roots in the Jesus movement because that's where I came to Christ. And of course, that's where Calvary Chapel was born. When you come to our church, you're going to find a church that loves to worship the Lord with song. We love to study God's word verse by verse. And we love to share the love of God with other people. If that's the kind of church you're looking for, consider visiting us. You can find out all about us online at calvarysancomeni.org. We look forward to worshiping with you soon, and may God richly bless you. Now, let's continue with today's edition of Worship Life Radio. You know, there are choices that we make that weaken us when attacks come. But we can make different choices. Maybe that's you. Maybe you haven't been making healthy choices, but you can change today. You can start making different choices today to be on the path to wholeness, to be on the path that God leads you and directs you on because he wants to bring you to a place where you are complete and whole so that you can face the attack and not be taken down by it. So notice what is activated? Wholeness is activated. The Lord says, I am your health. And how does God demonstrate this? By supernaturally changing the water from poisonous to sweet so that you can get what you need. You can be healthy. The third test is in the wilderness. In Exodus 16, the Lord leads the children of Israel to the wilderness of sin. Now, it's not talking about, a lot of people go off on that word, you know, like this is some significant, you know, sin, sin is a wilderness. No, that is totally bogus. This is not a, you know, any relation to the word sin. It's just the name of an area. In fact, it's not even a Hebrew name. Uh, But in verse 3 of chapter 16, we read, And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And so they, God has given them water supernaturally, made the water sweet. But now they're in the middle of nowhere and there's no food. There's no plants for them to gather. And when you look on a map of the area, it is desolate. There is nothing there. There is no food to be found. There's no McDonald's. There's no In-N-Out. Well, you can't really, never mind. Uh, but, you know, there's no In-N-Out there. You can't get a, a double-double protein style. Or my friend likes to get a 4 by 4 protein style. And, uh, and as soon as we get down to our goal weights, you know, we're going to just put the bun back on. But anyhow, um, you know, there's none of that around. There's no great places uh, to eat in this place. It's totally desolate of food. And the people are freaking out. 
They're just thinking, you have brought us out here to die. And so what is it that God wants to activate in their life through this test? And what God is activating is their faith in God's abundant provision. Not just his provision, but his abundant provision. What was the supernatural provision that God brought? Bread from heaven. Manna. He brought bread from heaven. You know, it's interesting here because this word hunger that is used is actually famine. It's the word famine. And a famine is basically a, an event of scarcity. A famine means that there's not enough food to feed the number of people that are there needing to eat. And so it results in hunger, and in extreme famines, it results in starvation. In the case of Genesis and Exodus, when a famine would come into the land, and you know Abraham would, you know, the first time he left the land of promise, and he went into Egypt, and that's when he started to have problems. Uh, basically, what the famine was in, you know, the drought was at that time is that there just wasn't enough water to grow enough crops to feed all of the people. And so he went finding water where they could grow crops. And so it wasn't that there was no water, just not enough. And so what is it that's being tested is the, the people's understanding of God's ability to meet when it appears that there is not enough, that there's not enough. And the question that is being answered is, do you believe that God would withhold provision from you? Do you believe that God would bring you into a place where you would not have enough? Do you believe that God will give you less than you need in order to starve something out of your life? Do you believe that? That's what I call a poverty mentality. That I believe that, oh, I just, this is all I got. I guess this is all I'm going to get. And it's not enough. But I guess God wants to teach me something. And uh, It's a poverty mentality. It's the basis of Christian asceticism. You know, there's a whole move out there of Christian asceticism. You know, people wanting to starve things out of their life. You know, God doesn't want me to live in abundance, so I have to deny myself. God doesn't want me to have nice things, and so he wants me to get by with the, as little as I possibly can get by with. And so, you know, he's just trying to starve things. So I have to deny myself of things. But here's what we forget, that God is a God of supernatural provision. And when he provided for the people, he said, I'm raining down bread from heaven. And he told them to gather as much as they want for one day. Notice, gather as much as you can eat for one day. In other words, that's abundance. God wanted them to have an abundance. He wasn't saying, oh, you only get a teaspoon of manna, or you're a little bit heftier, you're a growing boy, you get a bowl of manna. No, he wasn't saying that. He was saying, get as much as you can eat in one day but only enough for one day. And on the sixth day, get a double portion because I don't want you to work on the seventh day. I want you to rest. And I want you to spend that time with me. I want you to spend that time with your family. I want you to worship and serve 
the Lord. And God said that this would be a test to see if they will walk in my law or not. Will they do what I tell them to do or not? Now, consider the context of this. God isn't saying, hey, I'm going to give you an impossible task. I'm going to cause you to, I want you to walk across this empty gorge and trust that when your foot hits the air that I will catch it. This isn't like a a crazy step of faith like that. This is just simply, I want you to eat as much as you can eat in one day, get as much as you can get for one day and no more. And I'm going to test you to see if you will do that, if you will obey me. Are you going to deny yourself or are you going to take too much? And that really teaches us about the law of abundance because the law of abundance, it's simple. The law of abundance means that God gives me enough for today. He gives me enough. He provides enough for today so that I am lacking nothing. I have no lack for today. And in the Hebrew, when it talks about gathering enough for today, it literally means that gather enough so that when you eat it, you're stuffed. You are stuffed. He wants you to be stuffed. You know, I tell my wife all the time when I was a little bit larger, I'm on a way of, you know, I want to get skinnier and healthier. But when I was, uh, when I was a little bit larger, I said, well, the Bible says to delight yourself in fatness. Okay. So you're supposed to delight yourself in fatness. So anyhow, that's totally taken out of context. But, you know, God wants us to delight in fatness, in abundance. He wants us to have abundance. But abundance doesn't mean that I have more than enough. It means that I have enough to meet every need I have and even my desires today. It's enough for today. It's abundant provision for today. And God said that this would be a test. Now, if you try to get more than enough, that's greed. That's greed. When you get more than you need, more than enough, more than you desire, that's greed. When you don't get enough, God said that was refusing to keep God's commandments. Isn't that interesting? They didn't get enough. When we saw this on the sixth day, they didn't get the double portion. And God says, how long will you refuse to keep my commandments? They didn't get enough. When you don't get enough, when you have a poverty mentality, that is you refusing to keep God's commandments. Isn't that interesting? That you're unbelief, not getting enough, you thinking you're being humble is refusing to obey God. God says, I want you to get enough. Friends, we want you to know how special you are to us, but more importantly, we want you to know how special you are to God. God loves you. And He gave everything for you so that you could have eternal life. His Son Jesus died on the cross for your sins so that you could be forgiven and you could know that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. Why don't you pray this simple prayer, mean it with all your heart, and make that decision to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. To say, Jesus, I surrender to you. Forgive me for living my life without you. I don't want to live without you anymore. I want to live for you. Forgive me for breaking your law. 
and fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. And if you pray that prayer, you can have the assurance that you're going to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. And I look forward to spending that eternity with you. You've been listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis. As we wrap up today's message, we want to give you the opportunity to partner with us in ministry. This radio broadcast is, in a way, a virtual mission field. We're praying that every time a message is shared, someone's heart is drawn to Jesus. We pray for grace to be known and for lives to be changed. Would you join us in lifting up your fellow listeners to the Lord? Ask God to protect them and draw them closer with each moment they listen. There's one more way you can partner with us too. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting Worship Life Radio? Every amount given, no matter the size, will be used to spread the gospel message. And we're so grateful for it. You can find out more and donate securely online at calvarysanclemente.org. Just click on Give. Thanks for partnering with us here at Worship Life Radio. Do you live in the San Clemente area? If so, we'd love to have you join us for worship at Calvary Chapel San Clemente. We meet every Sunday at 8 and 10 a.m. And we have a Bible study on Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. that you're welcome to be a part of too. Come for a time of singing praises, learning from the Bible, and being with your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you can't come in person just yet, that's okay. You can still be a part of our church online through our website. Find out more at calvarysanclemente.org. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in. And be sure to join us next time for another edition of Worship Life Radio. Every one of us is on a journey of grace. God wants you to be free and full of joy. Pastor Holland's message series, A Journey of Grace, will help you discover how to live the abundant life that Jesus promises to give you today. Order your personal copy of A Journey of Grace at worshipliferadio.com.